Would you turn with me to the epistle to Jude? One thing I'd like to mention, uh, I mentioned about the bus. I might just say that this Saturday is not available since it will be up at Indian Lake. But in the future, that will be the judgment as to the bus's use with young people. We must have it at the meetings, how many are really going, and then if there are enough, we will take the bus. We are speaking to you from the epistle of Jude, and uh, especially in reference to the 12th verse. And uh, in this uh, area, there are tremendous truths, and in our studies, we found that it's deeply involved, it's only one chapter, just before the book of Revelation, the last book of the New Testament, deeply involved with the signs of the last days. And the 17th to 19th verses record that, that remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. We are in a world that is mocking Christ. I don't know whether you realize it, but I, I have noticed it, and I've had people speak to me in the congregation here, that never before on television have they heard the farcical things spoken of concerning religion and Christ. Jesting and making fun of our faith in Christ. This has become very prevalent on programs, especially of certain character programs, and especially in discussion programs. Torn to shreds, they get the most brilliant worldly minds to tear down the possibility of someone hearing the gospel and finding Christ as their Savior. Satan plucketh away the seed, as Jesus says, lest they might believe and be saved. And so we're in a day where we see these, this mocking going on. We, we shouldn't get upset. You're inclined to. I'm inclined to. I, I dread hearing those things. Sure, it bothers me. But, of course, I recognize immediately that God has warned me about it so that I won't become uh, foolishly upset about something that Christ already told me will happen. Isn't it funny how we do those things? Christ can warn you, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the day of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day of the Son of Man. There will be a falling away first, and then that wicked one shall be revealed. The love of many shall wax cold, then the Lord will come. You see, we can hear these one after another, and yet all of a sudden we'll say, I don't understand it. What's happening? Isn't it strange how we are? Huh? You, shouldn't be, you shouldn't be upset. Sure, it's upsetting as far as our children possibly having to be in Vietnam, but there have been wars and rumors of wars down through the centuries. I think I read that in the last hundred years there's been 234 wars. 
You know, amazing. We don't know of every little war that takes place between every little nation. We just happen to hear the ones that seem to have the most economic effect upon our nation. So that we are to understand that we're not to become upset as far as the terminus of the world is concerned, as though man is in control. Satan is the god of this world, but I would remind you that the whole setup, everything that's going on, is heading toward one great climactic war, the Battle of Armageddon. It'll come. It's bound to come. And the forces of God are going to win against the forces of the devil. Now, this makes life sensible, not to the human mind, not to the intellect, because the intellect will battle against this. You know, I, I might mention this in passing. We have the Lord's table this morning, so I'm not going to speak too long. You know, I'm so wrapped up in this thing that I could just keep you here. You know, if I were to show you my notes, you know, from one week, it would take hours for me to speak on the notes that I have from one week. But it, it fascinates me some of the things that are going on at the present time and some of the things I, I hear. For instance, now, uh, you know, I mentioned about how we, how we guide our minds into certain areas. Uh, now, the psychiatric field has a great new term that they use. You know, there's always something new being discovered in psychiatry. They've discovered something brand new and they're playing it up to the hilt. The I'll give you the name of the term and then I'll tell you how they explain it. You the name of the term now is cognizant dissidence. It's a nice word. The psychiatrist feel tells us it means blocking out of the mind truth that either upsets or hurts you. Isn't that it? People block out the thought of death. I listened to a psychiatrist talk on this. He said, let me give you some illustrations. He said, let's take smoking cigarettes. He said, who needs any more proof that cancer comes from cigarettes? He said, it says on the pack, and in 1972 it's going to say on the pack, this has led to cancer of the lungs, heart disease, etc., and may be fatal. That's what it'll say. The psychiatrist, there was a group there sitting in front of him, and he says, how many of you smoke? Some of the doctors, you know. Tell me something. Do you read the pack? One doctor said, I used to, but I don't read it anymore. He says, Why? He says, it bothers me. 
said, did you stop smoking? No. Why? He says, I blocked my mind to it. Blocked my mind to it. Take cancer. They call this cognizant dissidence. You refuse, even if you had all the evidences, and even if you go to the hospital, you don't want the doctor to tell you, you don't want the family to tell you, because you want to block out the truth. Knowledgeable desire not to know the truth. And so it is with the things of God. We don't want to know about death. We don't want to know truth. We don't want to know that life can be a journey to heaven or hell. We don't want to know the word hell. Though Jesus uses it. Though Jesus says, you are of your father the devil, speaking to the world outside of Christ. His works you do. I've prepared a place for Satan and his angels, just as I've prepared a place for those that are redeemed, we read this morning. Yet knowing that, knowing truth, the mind would block it out. Mockers in the last time. Blocking out truth. Jesting over it. We're loaded with it today. And in these studies in Jude, we have seen that teachers have certain qualities. I've dealt with the signs of the times. I've dealt with Lot. I've dealt with Noah. I've dealt with the last days. Men's hearts would fail them for fear for the things that are coming upon the earth. There shall come a falling away first before the man of sin is revealed. And this is in the church of Christ, and though people are listening to messages, yet, beloved, at the same time, they're falling away. And the devil is deceiving them, becoming more and more worldly and meshed in the world. At a time when the Lord's coming is nigh, the Christian church is more worldly than she has ever been. And so here, in the last days, with all the warnings of Jesus about what would happen in the church, yet they're happening in the church. In the very churches that are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I had read to you last week about these are spots in your feast in verse 12. They're spots in your feasts of love. Charity, it says here, word love. When they feast with you, these type men, God describes them now. He's spoken about them. He warns about them, false teachers, false prophets. But then he goes into the process of describing them. He says, when they feast with you, they feed themselves without fear. I spoke of that. Clouds they are without water. Carried about of winds. Trees whose fruit withereth. Without fruit, twice dead. Plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars to whom 
is reserved the blackness of darkness forever and ever. What a terrible scene. What a terrible thought to think of darkness coming, being blacked out forever, ever and ever. Blacked out from the presence of God. To find ourselves in that position that we have listened to this type teacher. May I, you know, it, it really amazes me as I, last night I, you know, I put an ad in the newspaper and I, this is our ad right there, see? This is in the Long Island Press. Our ad says, tested by time. The Bible has stood the test of time and is still relevant to man's needs today. Study God's word with us. God's truth is your security. But my ad isn't the biggest ad. The bigger ad is by two other groups who have no gospel message and don't believe the gospel. The biggest ad down here is the Unitarian Universalist Church of Garden City. They have a very interesting ad. May I say false teachers are not limited to ministers in churches, you know, of this character? We might limit the false teaching to just the ministry, but it extends far beyond that. It extends out into the world today to professors and colleges. After all, if I can prove to you that Dartmouth College made a poll just two years ago, of its graduates. 82% didn't believe in God. 90% didn't believe in Christ. But they said when the young men had come into the college, over 75% had made some pretense of faith. And upon four years there, their whole minds had been turned upside down by the professorships in colleges. Now let me just read to you. Here is a supposed church ad. Here is that of which Jesus is speaking. He says, now, they will seem like they're part with you. They'll bear the name Christian. Christian means follower of Jesus Christ. They'll bear the name. They'll call themselves a Christian church. And at the same time, he says, I want you to remember something, that Satan's emissaries, his ministers, are gobbed as the angels of light. Now, Satan's emissaries, if we read the scripture aright, it says of the Christian, you have been transformed from the kingdom of darkness, Satan's, unto the kingdom of light. But Satan's ministers shall garb themselves as ministers of light while they are ministers of darkness. Now notice, this is, they call themselves a Christian church. 
Now, I don't know whether you would realize this, you know. You may not be conscious of it. I mentioned last week they had uh, their term, the, the, the subject of their sermon last Sunday in big letters was women are people. Well, I guess that'll attract a lot of women. I always thought they were, but I mean, you know, there may be some women who are downtrodden or something and uh, begun to think, am I, am I a person? Well, that'll attract you. Women are people. But let me just read to you what the ad said. Are you a Unitarian Universalist without knowing it? Well, there's a real, there's a real phrase. The whole of Scripture say these things were written that ye might know that ye have eternal life and eternal life is in Jesus Christ, God's Son. But you see what they do? Very clever. You may be a Unitarian and you don't know it. Well, I guess that's about true for a lot of the world today. No, listen. Are personal growth and social responsibility more important to you than doctrine in your religious outlook? Then you may be a Unitarian Universalist without knowing it. To find out whether you are, write us and you may fit in. Attend the Universalist, Unitarian Universalist Sunday services nearest you. Then they list five churches on Long Island. Now, let me give you an idea. They're aired this week. Individual freedom of belief is the basis of our fellowship. Each person is encouraged to formulate his own views concerning God on the basis of reason, experience, and learn about each other. God help us as we learn about each other. Is this to your taste? This is the question. Is this to your taste? To find out we invite you to attend the Unitarian Universalist Church. They have the biggest ad in the Long Island press. False teaching. Coming in unaware. This is a list of the churches on Long Island. The other one with the largest ad is Christian Science. They list all of their churches here. Mary Baker Eddy. In the church in Boston, the mother church, on the one column, it says Mary Baker Eddy. On the other large column, it says the Holy Spirit. Mary Baker Eddy opened the Bible to mankind. For 1800 and some odd years before, nothing was truth. Mary Baker Eddy says in her book, Christian Science, 
Science and health was key to the Scriptures. The blood of Jesus Christ had no more meaning when it ran in his veins than when it was shed on the cross of Calvary. These are the two ads that take up the larger portion of the Long Island press for getting people to come to so-called churches. In the latter days, there will be mockers and false teachers, but you know, it's not limited to that, if I might say. It's getting even worse. Never have we seen things like we see now. This is, uh, I was going to say you ladies are duped easier. I won't say that, all right? Ladies Home Journal. Maybe you saw that. It's just the summer issue. This is the Catholic priest who left the Catholic Church. Ah, he'll have a hearing. This is Father... Kavanaugh. You've probably heard about him. But listen to this man now. False teaching. May I say this? He has a myriad of Roman Catholics following him. They're gathering to him. Listen to what he says. God doesn't have to save me. There's nothing to save me from. Nothing to save me from. He does not redeem me because I do not need redemption. God is born in a man whenever that man finds meaning to life. He's born in the man. Now, this is from the Catholic Church. Let us not think, beloved, that it is just the Catholics. It's the Protestants. It's the Catholics. It's all manner of men being gobbled up into this tremendous evil cauldron that is boiling at the present moment with mockers mocking God. This is mockery of Jesus Christ. He is saying Jesus Christ need never have come. My soul does not need redemption. And a little further down, he says, I hope no young man, no boy, no girl will ever think they have to confess their sins to God lest they be condemned. This is a lie. And Christ's death was not necessary. This is a Catholic priest. You don't think we're living in the last days? You don't think that mockery is coming? And let me tell you, a myriad of people are easily swept into these things. Unitarianism and universalism is growing amok. Do you know how much it's growing? You have no conception how big it's growing. Can I tell you how big it's growing? At the Billy Graham Conference of Evangelicals, Get this. A great portion of the ministry said we need a great change. Salvation is universal 
for all men. Because Christ's death was sufficient for all men, therefore all will be saved ultimately. And the greatest confounding news in the Billy Graham conference was that this was being expounded by ministers in small groups, so much so that I went to a meeting with the president of Westminster Seminary and to all the ministers on Long Island, he brought the message back to us and said, Beware! In the church there are those who are now preaching universal salvation for everyone and you don't have to accept Christ as your personal Savior. He says the question was asked at the Billy Graham Great Conference, why? What is this? Do you know the answer? We have been doing wrong. We have been going to China with its 800 millions of people who look like they will sweep the earth. And we have told them that salvation is personal, that you must come to Christ yourself for your Savior. But they are ancestor worshipers. And when we tell them that, we tell them that their fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers are lost. So we must change the message. We must say the gospel of Christ is sufficient for all men of all time. For Christ died that he paid the penalty for the whole world. God so loved the world. But the scripture is clear that unless a man believes, if he believe not that I am he, what? He shall die, what? in your sins. So you think I'm only touching Unitarianism and Universalism? Or the Roman Catholic man who leaves? Sometimes, you know, we're apt to think because a minister leaves, like Bishop Pike, or a priest leaves, that the mere fact that they have left makes them the epitome of virtue and Bible theologians. It does nothing of the sort. They may be the very devil's emissaries to set up a great new group against God and against this Christ. And those theologians who love the Lord Jesus, and I spoke to some of them in Westminster Seminary, some from Gordon Seminary, said the most distressing thing of our hearts, and to Billy Graham himself, was that in this great meeting of 1,200 theologians of the world, Holland and Germany, and the Germans were the ones, and the Dutch were the ones, and some of the Americans came right into it and said, we need a universal salvation so we can go to China and say your father and your grandfather and your great-grandfather they are with Christ. Therefore, you must come to Christ. How simple, huh? To say the whole world is saved. And then they say to them, it doesn't matter. You're part of the whole thing. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. 
And so we take this gospel of Jesus Christ and we bring it down to the level of man and we say, as a man thinks, we must apply the gospel of Christ. There is a way that seems right to man, God says, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Beloved, let me say this. I don't know if my own grandfather is saved. I don't know if my own grandmother is saved. I certainly don't know if my grandfather and my great-grandfather are saved. But I know I'm saved! I know I'm redeemed! Because I have a personal faith in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I can't even say with all my heart as much as I believe it with all my soul, that my children are divinely saved. I believe it. But only God knows. And God bases His salvation upon one divinely wrought thing, and that only. And it has nothing to do with my intellectualism. It has nothing to do with my power of conception. All I know is... Christ suffered death for every man that He might bring us to God. When I accept this universal philosophy, which is all that it is, I deny the Christ who died for me and do despot to the Son of God. Oh, I pray He died for you. Oh, how I pray He died for you. Bruce, I pray he died for you. Harry, Chester, you, Flo, Howard, Ray, and all of you, as I look around, Everett, Alma, Barnett, Bob, Christ died for you. It's personal. It's individual. Mockers shall come in the last days. Timothy says they shall deny the Lord that bought them. Denying Christ. Denying the Savior who redeemed my soul. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Oh, may you believe. Believe, believe, believe on the Son of God. Let us pray. Father, we're living in those days. We're shocked in spirit when we hear that the great problems in evangelical circles are now this very thing. But this is what you told us. You said there'd be a falling away. Men would become lovers of their own selves, denying the Lord that bought them personally. The whole thing and the whole principle of the gospel Jesus reveals to us in that first gospel, the first chapter of John, when he tells us, to as many as received him, to them he has given power to be the sons of God, who were born not of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of God, had nothing to do with our mothers and fathers, has to do with us individually, personally. So our Father, we pray 
that each one here may truly know what it means to be born of God, to have that new birth, to be born of the Spirit of God, and to know by the witness of the Holy Spirit dwelling within our breasts that we're redeemed. This no universalism can ever say. It requires the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus gives that out. And it's only faith in Christ personally that gives the personal Holy Spirit to us. So, Father, impress it into our hearts at this time as we come to thy precious table. In Jesus' name, amen.